0: love ours when they're throwing beer on people no you're crossing the line now you know well, it throw you don't spit at me because i have amazing and blue on not every idiot you don't is, uh, flip over cars because i a michigan license not every on. idiot
1: <laughs> idiot in ohio state will throw their beer
0: well, oh, a lot of them 99% will drink it 99 of them will no that, they that leaves the question how how discreet are you going to be i mean are you oh, going to be walking go around maize and blue man i got my hoodie ready i am oh i'm all
1: amazing and blue bring uh, bring it on from bring Tony Bull. You know what I was... I'll i had have I my not,
0: DPS around me. We have one minute. We need to be wrapping things up, so we are leaving right now. Good night. Go Blue. More on Friday. You
1: are listening to your home for Michigan Athletics, 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, located from the web at WCBN.org. 15 seconds remain, Hunwick has it, forward to Tambellini. Tambellini. he'll shoot, save there, and the rebound comes to Hunwick, six ends remain, Tambellini shoots and scores, it comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining, Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead.
0: Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And
1: just about to get up and go over to the piano and bash out the chords to 25 or 624, I'm Jim Dwyer.
0: (laughs) Well, that proved to be a... uh, I have an interesting anecdote about that. Uh, On uh, Monday night, I was down at a local establishment... And I almost never play Keno, but guess what? I played Keno 25, 6, and 4, a two-play, and it came up on the second number. (laughs) And I was able to buy a couple of uh, erstwhile girlfriends (laughs) drinks (laughs) and uh, joke around a little bit with one of our local uh, luminaries that's on the historical board. But obviously, um, I think some of the media post-election analysis has been very poor. I don't know why they keep talking about uh, conservative Democrats. Um, This was a repudiation of Bush across the board. And uh, I'm amazed at how much more liberal the Senate is going to be. Bernie Sanders' name wasn't even mentioned. (laughs) This is a guy that won in a landslide in Vermont, formerly a socialist. And he's as uh, left-wing as anybody in Congress. He's got as much power and influence now as Joe Schmoe Lieberman. So uh, I just don't get it. Um, I think that there are obviously a variety of reasons that the uh, Democrats won in a landslide. And it was a landslide, I mean, given how divided our country is. I mean, when you see how overwhelmingly they picked up votes in state legislatures... uh, you know, they won six Senate seats. They won six governor, you know, flip-flop six governor seats. And they could do some serious uh, gerrymandering, the old Tom DeLay uh, strategy. But uh, this is just a complete repudiation of uh, of Bush. And I think it was also a tribute to uh, some of the strategy and tactics that the Democratic Party used. And I think that it's important because it's really a realignment of... Uh, the American body politic. Uh, it looks to me like the old Confederacy and part of the Farm Belt are the only two areas that are uh, safe Republican areas now. We've had this movement in the West. And as shocking as any uh, thing was what happened in the so-called Big Ten Conference. You know, the big gains for the Democrats actually occurred in Ohio, Pennsylvania, three rural seats in Indiana. You know, they pick up a seat in Wisconsin, Minnesota. They picked up two in Iowa, uh, and in fact, uh, it's ironic that uh, the only two remaining Republicans in Congress that voted against the war, the Iraq war, were both defeated on uh, last Tuesday. Uh, Jim Leach narrowly in Iowa and Lincoln Chafee in Rhode Island. So uh, three of the biggest idiots are out of the Senate. Rick Santorum, Santorum, George Allen, and Conrad Burns will give them all brain damage awards for their... uh, incompetent service to america
1: oh they'll probably find lucrative gigs at some military contractor
0: well george allen might be able to uh, make a comeback as the quarterback of the washington redskins he's had so much practice throwing that football around <laughs> <laughs> but uh... Th- this is uh, th- the thing that's interesting is you know there are a lot of people that deserve credit but uh, the democrats just had better candidates everywhere and that is a tribute to uh, i think rahm emanuel Chuck Schumer and Howard Dean. And I think that those three figures represent the Democratic Party of the 21st century. Howard Dean, of course, this sort of rebel who served as the uh, DNC chairman and adopted the 50-state strategy, good tactics. Rahm Emanuel, a Clintonista, who recruited many of these uh, candidates in the House. And then Chuck Schumer, who's uh, kind of an old-fashioned... New York liberal, uh, has a great record, uh, served most of his political career in the House. He raised money, he recruited candidates, and other than his sort of uh, <coughs> incredibly loyal support for Israel, he's you know one of those actually good guys in the Senate that generally votes uh, very sensibly. And then, of course, you have John Murtha, this kind of old grizzled warhorse veteran of the House that was the guy that led the uh, Iraq um, platform. Uh, And he
1: had the credentials to do so, which is really
0: what made his comments, uh, when he made them, so important. And the Bush administration has been opposing what Mirth has been saying for nearly a year now. He brought his his credentials uh, to the public debate uh, back in December... Um, and it's interesting that Nancy Pelosi is now sort of trying to promote him as the new Democratic majority leader. Whether that happens or not is uh, unclear. But I also think that uh, Bill Clinton and uh, Barack Obama, both sort of rock stars of the Democratic Party, were big down the stretch. And I think that a very symbolic... shall we say, metaphor for the uh, this election is that this was really a bridge to the 21st century, an old Clinton cliche, versus a bridge to nowhere, which is what the Republican Party in recent years has come to represent. Uh, Ted Stevens is the guy that got the bridge in Alaska built to nowhere, and that became an issue in many of the uh, uh, campaigns that we saw around the country. Uh, you know, Claire McCaskill ran a really good campaign in Missouri. Uh, these Moderate, slightly left-of-center Democrats uh, won everywhere except for Tennessee uh, in terms of you know, toss-up uh, races. And uh, I think that economic populism was something that worked for them, as well as the obvious Republican corruption problems, both of a uh, financial nature uh, and a personal nature. Almost all the sex scandal people were tossed out. Uh, It's rather interesting, however, that a vote for Foley ended up not being a vote for Negron. (laughs) He lost. But uh, Reynolds and Hastert hung on to their seats. So uh, I think it's a very interesting election that probably bodes a fundamental change in uh, how things uh, are going to be conducted politically. Uh, Negative TV ads didn't work. Big spending, like for instance, uh, Dick DeVos. Dick DeVos, God knows how much money he uh, tossed up into the stratosphere of a bridge to nowhere. But uh, to me, it's uh, you know, and it's also interesting that Catherine Harris and Blackwell were crushed. Uh, These are two people that were responsible for the questionable uh, presidential uh, results from the last two elections. One lost by 22 points. One lost by 23. They were absolutely crushed. And uh, I think that the other thing that's interesting to me is uh, what emerges from this election is I think the Democrats have a better farm system now. Hmm. They've recruited younger candidates. More women. More women. Um, You know, my mom has a bumper sticker that says, uh, listen to women for a change, (laughs) you know, and that's probably a good way to go. Pragmatism, like uh, that, repres- uh, the, that Claire, uh McCaskill in Missouri represented so well, I think won out. And I think that the, yeah, the, the the Republicans lost the air war, and the Democrats won the ground war. I don't think the TV ads worked uh, for the Republican Party, and I would like to see a complete change in in how uh, all this negative camp, you know, negative ads uh, just. Hopefully they'll just be thrown away. I mean, when candidates ran positive ads, they tended to do better, uh, interestingly enough. And I think that the realignment uh, in the Midwest and in the West in terms of state legislatures is very profound. I think that this new character from Montana, the guy with the flat top, Mm -hmm. fascinating uh, political person because he basically is saying, look, I'm, I'm just a farmer, you know. And it would be nice if Congress would get back to ordinary people like that that are talking about middle-class issues. Uh, Because I think beneath all of the hype about some of the uh, uh, focus on the Iraq War was that I think economic um, issues worked for the Democrats. Uh, Jim Webb in, in Virginia, Sherrod Brown in Ohio, you know, he ran a very good campaign. He's actually was one of the most liberal members of the House of Representatives, and he's going to be more of a Howard Metzenbaum type senator in Ohio rather than a John Glenn. You know, he's going to be uh, pretty uh, tough on free trade issues, even though he may lose those uh, debates. And those middle class issues about health care uh social security you know Education. In- income disparity <gasps> that w- was run as an issue in many uh, of the campaigns i think we're um big and i don't think the media's talked enough about that i think they've overly focused on corruption and uh, at the end of the day rummy you big dummy It's the uh, incompetence stupid <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's too little too late yeah. for the resignation of Rumsfeld. I mean, now Bush is being criticized by his uh, fellow party members as, you know, oh, why couldn't you have done this before the election? We would have gotten some boost out of it. But I think the boost they would have gotten from the dumping of Rumsfeld would have been negligible um, because, you know, he's an appointment. You know, it's not like a, uh, it's an elected position. And it just, you know, flew in the face of what he'd said just days before. And in fact, his... When asked about that, oh, several days before Rumsfeld uh, resigned, you openly said that he had your full support. and For the rest of your term. He was doing a great job, and he'd be there for the rest of the term. And Bush's response to that question was startling. Yeah, uh, He said, well, you know, people kept asking the question, and I wanted to stop them from asking the question. And the only way I could think of to stop them from asking the question was to say that. And so we were talking about this in my workplace, and... uh a student said, oh, at least he was honest about lying this time. <laughs> I thought, well, yes, that's a nice way to put it. But, uh, I mean, this is the most obvious and the most reason of the many lies. Um, yeah, Rumsfeld, uh, I think when he lost the support of the military branches themselves, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, a week before the election, the Army Times had a, we talked about it last week, um, the Army Times had an official opinion Rumsfeld's got to go.
0: Yeah, and I think that John Murtha, ironically, was one of the oh. instigators of how that momentum got going. In other words, it's great that Carl Levin, uh, our senator here from Michigan, who is a very sensible, reasonable person. Yeah, very pragmatic. Uh, He's guy. pragmatic, and I think pragmatism is actually uh, the word of the day, not uh, conservativism. This is nonsense. I've been reading these analyses that claim that the uh, new Congress is going to, you know, it represents conservative Democrats.
1: Yeah, George Will saying the GOP lost, not conservatism.
0: That's baloney. Um, the, what's what's lost here? In fact, I think is is another thing. I think that Bush's campaign tactics over the last couple of weeks were over the top. They were outrageous. Um, it would be nice if if we would end this nonsensical patriotism. Card that the Republicans have been getting away with basically, really, for since FDR. You know, Uh, I don't know why any person's patriotism needs to be questioned when they're asking questions about policy, asking hard questions about policy. I mean, the very
1: nature of
0: the Democratic Republic that we
1: live in here and all, you know, enjoy to varying degrees is just that, yeah. to question authority, to hold it accountable to the people whom they ostensibly serve. And uh, it's not unpatriotic to question elected officials.
0: And when you have a guy like John Tester, you know, a, a regular old farm boy uh, with the burly belly and the flat top haircut that you know fires up the tractor and plays that as who I am, this is who I am, vote for me, saying, no, 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 I don't want to amend the Patriot Act, I want to repeal it. That strikes a chord in libertarian mm-hmm. thinking people in in uh, Montana, for instance. And it would be nice uh, to see the Patriot Act repealed. And the, the notion that Bush is going to somehow rush through a bunch of uh, misguided uh, uh, policies uh, during this lame duck session of Congress is outrageous. The mere fact that they're even talking about John Bolton having a oh, discussion right. about Cotton Mather returning to the... The U.N. is ludicrous. I mean, does Bush get this or not? Um, I don't know. Um, What I do know is that I think this is a very important uh, realignment election that uh, tells us that in the future, I think that the Democratic Party is going to be trying to represent this sort of Howard Dean, Rahm Emanuel, Schumer uh, sort of troika in terms of public thinking. And that economic pragmatism works as a campaign issue. And I would like to see an end to all of the uh, hyperbole about gay marriage. I think the Republicans have just run out of ammunition there. They don't have any more states. They can throw this on the ballot. And it was actually defeated in Arizona. Um, this, These Karl Rove uh, tactics, this Machiavellian... It's played out. It's played out. It's done. Uh, Karl Rove... Uh, I think should just be dispatched back to Texas. Uh, his use, usefulness is history.
1: Well, he may be picked up by what, in fact, could occur next. I think we could very, you know, probably see a, some sort of split within the Republican Party and these sort of hardline right-wing Christian conservatives and the more traditional, you know, moderate Republicans, which, of course, are very few in number these days, um... I think those are two extremes at the end of that party and based on the bizarre sex scandals and the failure of Bush to, you know, push this so-called Christian agenda through is very likely going to, you know, alienate that section of their voters and this too is a factor in a number of the Republican losses
0: that I think a lot of those people just didn't feel compelled to vote. Yeah, I mean, I think that New Hampshire is an absolutely stunning story. You had two House seats in New Hampshire, both narrowly go to the Democrats. But once again, it was the, you know, the the, the candidates that they had running in these races. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the woman. Oh, Carol Shea Porter. I wrote it down. Um, very reasonable, pragmatic style of uh, approaching uh, politics. And at the end of the day, that won out. Uh, She ran a positive campaign. So I wish that the American media, mainstream media, would talk less about the 2008 horse race and more about the fact that uh, George Bush is a dead horse. He's not only a lame duck, he's, uh, he's going nowhere. In fact, they just had a new poll out that shows that his approval ratings are down to 31%. Wow, that probably alienated a few uh, died-in-the-wool Republicans by firing Rumsfeld. Mm-hmm. You know, allegedly, the, yeah. allegedly Cheney didn't say a word uh, at the uh, congressional meeting uh, that they <laughs> lunch or whatever they had the fruit uh, the fruit salad with right. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> I don't know whether it was the fruit salad or Dick Cheney uh, having lost his old buddy, his old boss. Um and it's uh really fascinating to learn more about this cheney rumsfeld um uh, uh propinquity that goes back to richard nixon indeed and 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 you know then they were elevated during the Ford administration to positions of real power well, speaking of Nixon, I was
1: just going to ask has any president had lower approval ratings since Nixon?
0: No, I don't think so. I think they. We can now say of George Bush, we can put it on his epitaph, he was last in war, last in peace, and last in the heart of his countrymen,
1: <laughs> just plain last. well, he was accurate about He was accurate about one thing. The results on Tuesday were a thumping,
0: a thumping, yeah, and I
1: think that was the most accurate thing he said in six to you know maybe ever, but six years for sure.
0: Well, he just brought the whole party down, and I think that the astounding uh, gains that the Democrats made out west, in the Midwest, and and in the Northeast. I mean, several New York uh, um, moderates got defeated, too. Uh, So we're going to see not uh, the rise of the conservative Democrat, but the pragmatic Democrat, and actually... We may have some liberal ideas promoted for a change. Look at these new committee chairmen uh, on some of the domestic issues, Uh, Charles Rangel, Henry Waxman. We're going to get back to uh, real checks and balances that uh, I think was another uh, message in this uh, particular election. Uh, George Bush uh, has gone uh, in Iraq, uh, a a bridge to nowhere, (laughs) I think is a perfect description of where we're at in Iraq. And... I wouldn't count on this uh, Baker commission to come up with anything uh, creative about what our real problems are. These are actually old skeletons mm. and corpses from the past failures uh, in the Middle East, right. unfortunately. Um, so the idea that they're going to have creative ideas that are going to somehow resuscitate our you know, chances of success or, quote, victory uh, in Iraq are ludicrous. Well, to give Baker one credit, Yeah,
1: I'll give him this, uh, when he was Secretary of State for Bush the First, uh, that was the only time that the Israeli government w- had their feet held to the fire on the largesse, which the U.S. Uh, traditionally hands them, and they were not going to be given a big chunk of money, which had already been earmarked for settlements, if they wouldn't participate in the Madrid peace conferences, which they begrudgingly did. And so then those monies were released. But that was an actual, I mean, that's a hard fact. That's something that governments can do is withhold monetary payments and say, okay, well, if you're not interested in participating in this, then you don't get the money. Okay, well, that applies a little pressure. That's the only time really that any pressure like that has been applied.
0: I agree, and I think that that's one of the reasons, unfortunately, that Ralph Nader uh, ran in 2000. I think he perceived uh, Bush the Younger, only I like to call him Bush the Dumber, (laughs) uh, would be uh, more like his father and less like uh, Hmm. Benjamin Netanyahu. I think he was wrong there. And uh, I I think that one of the most undercovered stories in the past couple of months, as the media has been focused on the horse race, has been the... uh, Absolute carnage that's going on in Gaza. I think I heard the other day that the uh, casualty uh, ratio there is 400 people killed by Israel, uh, three uh, Israelis killed by the Palestinian uh, rockets.
1: Yeah, and homes destroyed, 30 houses destroyed, hundreds more damaged, uh, water mains broken by bulldozers. It's a you know, if you want to know what's going on in the Gaza Strip right now, read a history of the Warsaw Ghetto. That's Pretty much analogous to what's going on. Um, You've got a hard-pressed... I mean, basically, most of the people in Gaza, it's the most overcrowded region of the world, um, are refugees from the creation of the state of Israel. And uh, it's pretty insane what's going on. Even the very middle-of-the-road Israeli paper Haaretz is calling for an international force for Gaza. And in today's online edition, there's a piece by Ari Shavit saying, Historians won't believe it. Um, you just can't. Here, I'll read a short passage from it. You can't just kill 20 innocent civilians in Beit Hanoun and say, "Oops, we made a mistake. We're sorry." You can't. You simply can't. Um, the, at the very least, the prime minister should appeal personally to the victims and the Palestinian people and express regret, offer compensation, and request absolution. Anything less is unacceptable. Anything less is inhuman and un-Jewish and inconceivable. That's pretty heavy language there, mm-hmm. and this is from an Israeli paper, so it's not just as though, you know, critics of Israel are saying this, Israelis are saying this.
0: Yeah, and in a re-examination of uh, the entire Middle East region and the policies that America has pursued there for the last uh, 40, 50 years, I d- just don't see forthcoming from the so-called Baker Commission, and that's a, that's a shame, because that's actually what needs to be addressed by the American government. Um, There was an absolutely fascinating interview, by the way, by Dexter Filkins uh, last week um, on fresh air. I don't catch fresh air very often, but I was lucky to have caught it that day. And his description of what is really going on in Iraq is just absolutely amazing. This is a guy that's been on the ground for three and a half years. And when I hear Bush continuing to talk, and saying, well, you know, we're not going to do that because, uh, you know, the condition's on the ground. He doesn't know what's going on on the ground. I think he, instead of bringing in right-wing radio talk show hosts like Sean Hannity, who uh, I think might need a straitjacket. I mean, this guy rants and raves about John Kerry every night. <laughs> it's, it's strange, but uh, he's a lunatic. Um, He may just bite his tongue off one of these days. Impersonating as a radio TV analyst. uh, Instead of bringing those creatures into the White House for discussion, um, maybe it would be helpful if, if George Bush would bring in some of the reporters who are on the ground who really can tell you in graphic terms what is going on. When you hear about drills being used in executing people in the sectarian violence that's going on in Iraq, hundreds every day. It's way beyond uh, anything that America can sort out at this point. And I've been reading a a brilliant book uh, called House of War by James Carroll, uh, The Pentagon and the Disastrous Rise of American Power. Uh, He's an interesting uh, person. His father was one of the original... um, people involved in the creation of the Pentagon, the Pentagon (laughs) broke ground on September 11th, 1941. Wow. That is amazing. But uh, one of the uh, amazing descriptions, um, and I'll just read this because there are so many comparisons to uh, uh, Iraq and and Indochina, is what has really been going on here in America he writes, one official who witnessed such a process up close in the early days of the Vietnam War described the unfolding within the, quote, institutional culture, unquote, this way. Quote, they began by lying to Congress and the public, all for the best of reasons. In this case, the, uh, the felt necessity of containing communism in South Vietnam. Next, they lie to each other, concealing information and even private opinions that might introduce a note of discordant doubt. And finally, they lie to themselves, having become so profoundly psychically committed to the wisdom of their actions, having raised the stakes so high that any admission of error would be a failure of unacceptable dimensions. That is a perfect description of what's gone wrong in Iraq, that the Bush administration is guilty of all of these things that I just mentioned, lying to Congress and the public. Um, to each other and themselves? Lying to each other, concealing information. That's uh, rampantly obvious uh, that Bush, that Cheney and Rumsfeld shut out any discordant or dissenting voices about going into Iraq is now established as historical fact. This isn't even a matter of whether you're liberal or not. Rumsfeld, by the way, in being fired or you know asked to resign, Um, and I'm sure he'll get a Congressional Medal of Honor shortly, Um, was never even consulted about going to war in Iraq by the president. I mean, that is startling. He was pretty much, here are your marching orders. And, of course, I'm sure that he and Cheney had private discussions about this. But uh, at the end of the day, according to Bob Woodward, Rumsfeld wasn't even asked in a direct meeting with Bush whether he should do this. This is incredible. And while Rumsfeld may well be the sort of the temporary fall guy here, just to defend Rumsfeld at a certain level, I mean, yes, he's a ludicrous figure. His resemblances to Robert McNamara are just staggering, staggering. (laughs) uh, Just from the the whole background thing, the wire-rimmed glasses, the sort of brusque egomania, brusque egomania, the sort of the business whiz guy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But the guy's a control freak, um, and to defend Rumsfeld just briefly, and I'm not going to defend him more than about 10 seconds, the idea of military transformation that Rumsfeld actually had coming in to head the Pentagon for a second time probably wasn't that bad of an idea. The problem with it was it didn't apply to what we were trying to do in Iraq, it applied to... Globally, what we should have been doing, which was reducing the military, making the military more lean and agile, but the notion that we could go into Iraq uh, with this absolutely harebrained military plan and the just incompetence that, that, that went on for well over a year and a half before the uh, insurgency really had gotten out of control. Once Abu Ghraib happened, and I've always believed this, the Iraq uh, adventure, uh, to paraphrase uh, Schroeder, uh, Prime Minister, former Prime Minister of uh, Germany, uh, was over because that that, for all intents and purposes, eliminated um, any chance of success in Iraq. And it's interesting that uh, Rumsfeld now <coughs> apparently is uh, going to be investigated by the. Uh, International Criminal Court, based in Nuremberg. uh, As well he should be. For war crimes. And yay, yay. I mean, let's hold some American officials accountable for their um, incompetence and their um, just complete disregard of all previous uh, American ideals and international
1: laws, laws, even laws, domestic laws,
0: right? The, the military thinking, whatever, whatever you you name it, uh, you know George Bush and Cheney are guilty of it. And uh, Condoleezza Rice looked a little glum <laughs> after those elections. Well, just to quickly uh, tag a few things
1: on uh, Rumsfeld there. Um, the idea of transforming the military is, of course, something that should have happened when we had the so-called peace dividend back when the Soviet Union fell. And instead, really what was done is things were juggled around and we had to cook up a new scare. And, of course, Islam's a convenient bogeyman here in that regard. But really, one of Rumsfeld's major blunders is the outsourcing, the concept of outsourcing that the U.S. Armed Forces used to run their own kitchens and so forth. And now we're paying all this extra money to corporations uh, to have that done for the Army. And that's made the war even more expensive.
0: Yes, and costly and who knows how many uh, civilian contractors have died. You know, as
1: long as they have Taco Bell, things are going to be okay. Taco Bell in the green zone. Yeah,
0: KFC, which now is not going to use trans fat oils in their their cooking. So cholesterol levels will go down. Anyway, more on those problems in future shows. Thank God the election's over. Indeed. The Michigan-Ohio State game will be one of the best of the century, so go blue. Thanks to Yeltsin for engineering this evening. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next right here on WCBN.